welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live. Okay, actually, we're not recorded live. We're in like four different locations. It's brought together by this genius technological advancement. Jerry doesn't understand it, but we'll get him through it. Here he is, Jerry Springer, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, thank you, Jerry. Oh, it's good to be back. Well, we weren't away, so. And by the way, Megan's words were this time completely true. Yes. <laughs> Megan's in, Megan and I are in Kentucky. I'm, she's in Covington. I'm in Ludlow. David's over in Cincinnati. Jerry, I think, is down in Florida, maybe. I yep, know. yep. Uh, I'm in and Florida. then we got Casey Campbell. Casey Campbell. Yeah. Hey, he's our hero. He's our music coordinator. And Casey, you've been crushing it. Yeah. You're always crushing yeah. it. We've yeah. been doing this show for like eight years. And when COVID happened, we started doing things remotely. And it has it has it not, Jerry, we're coming to your commentary in one second. Yeah, no. And uh, but I just want to ask you a quick question, Casey. Yeah. It, it did change the world, didn't it, for uh even our show, because you're able to get musical guests once we go to technology like Zoom. You, people could come in from England as they have. They can yeah. come in from deep down in Kentucky or uh, Tennessee, et cetera. Right. That's been. Oh, absolutely. You know, it was it was great doing it live because you had the musicians yeah. in the room and we got to right. do all that. And that, that yeah. was great. Yeah. But what's also been really fun is that now I've been able to get people who haven't you know, been able to line up with our uh, schedule to get live in the studio but I've, I've wanted them on for years and people that are on the road you know actively working but they can take a night off and hit us up from wherever they are so in that aspect it's been great and like you said overseas even we had a, a several guys from england on the podcast recently and so it's yeah. it, that yeah. that side of it was pretty pretty nice well we've we thank you very much and uh yeah you, you've been a vital part of this i mean you really yeah. have it really has. hey well thank you so much really has really has great i, I don't remember how you originally looked because you didn't have your beard eight years ago did you oh yes i did it yes, may not have did. been this it may not have been this big but <laughs> maybe yeah, not this big yeah, yeah. This my big. wife has never seen me without a beard that's how long oh, I've well been. that's why you're still married <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i think you're right at this point yeah she saves and sees that face she's out of there. <laughs> it's <laughs> over that's it yeah and you know casey my kids who are in their 40s mm -hmm. uh have never ever seen me without some some beard some you know goatee beard whatever. Yeah. yeah interesting hey jerry yes yeah, the heart of this podcast i always say this because it's the total truth is uh the commentaries you do and we've all you know suck up to you about them deservedly because they you have insights that the rest of us don't spot and there's always so much so i didn't ask you like hey what are you going to talk about because I'm sitting here thinking, oh, is he going to talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene and her ridiculous comments yeah. or something that Trump did, whatever. But I what keep, caught your interest this week? Yeah, I keep changing. You know, I'll start like five days ago. I say, OK, I'll talk about this. And then something else comes up. Anyway, uh, I'm talking about what happened last week. Uh, beyond the joy of seeing Senator Reverend Raphael Warnock reelected in last week's Georgia runoff, giving Democrats control of the Senate and the Senate the honor of having such a qualified, dignified human being to sit among them, the moment was clouded by the reality of who the Republicans, read Trump, had chosen to run against him, the tragically flawed and inept Herschel Walker. 
I couldn't help believing we were watching flashbacks to the Jim Crow era, the ugly, sinister racism of the plantation South. It seemed like America's racist past was reaching forward and grasping our present in a vice-like grip. Indeed, maybe you saw it too. South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham leading the once upon a time football great around the state in countless TV appearances. The only thing apparently missing, a leash, hardly ever letting him, that is Walker, speak. Graham doing all the talking, answering all the questions. Walker obediently sitting quietly by his side as if this was a slave auction. Graham seeking to sell the massive physical specimen, not for money this time, but rather for a vote for Republican power in the Senate, not promoting his experience or stance on the issues, his competence, intelligence, or character, all obviously missing. The message being, buy Walker, vote for him, and he'll be loyal to the party. He'll do what he's told. Yes, sir. What blatant, cynical disrespect for African-American voters. Indeed, rather than fighting for policies that will benefit the African-American community, Republicans think all they have to do to cut into the worn-out vote is run their own Republican Negro. Who cares if he's totally unqualified, uneducated, and morally challenged? And I'm quoting here, those Black folk, they'll vote for anyone who looks like them. And as his handler, Lindsey Graham, said on the election eve televised interview with Walker sitting obediently by his side, and I'm quoting here again, look, if Herschel wins, he's going to inspire people all over Georgia of color to become Republicans. And I say all over the United States. How cynical, how stupid, how insulting. As the poet Caroline Randall Williams said earlier this month, Walker's candidacy was a fundamental assault by the Republican Party on the dignity of Black Americans. It might do Republicans well to understand that African Americans vote overwhelmingly Democrat, not because the candidate might look like them, but because like them, the candidate wishes to support and push for actions and policies that make it possible for all Americans including them, to have all the opportunities that the American dream envisions. To the question, why didn't the Republicans find a qualified, intelligent Black person to run? Could it be they didn't care? Or the more likely answer, why would an intelligent, highly qualified African American agree to run as a Republican in the first place? Excellent, Jerry. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on that topic. Yeah. Hey, uh, and by the way, uh, stick around because Casey Campbell, who we just talked about before Jerry did his commentary, is our musical guest tonight. He has a new song that he's written and uh, maybe recorded. Megan will chat with Casey in a few minutes Um, to segue on to something we just talked about. And that is how COVID, the horrible scourge of COVID, is a secondary benefit who would have thought helped our podcast by trading off the vibe, the chemistry of an in-studio 
uh, little coffee house gathering where we're all face to face, but it enabled people to come in from all over the world in a way that we haven't been able to do. And this made me think, Jerry, because uh, people may know this or they may not know this, our listeners around the country, around the world, that you have a TV background. So Jerry Springer <laughs> went to college, studied political science, then got a law degree, practiced law, was a city council member in Cincinnati, ran for Congress, then became mayor, then started the Jerry Springer show, then the Judge Jerry show. So he clearly has this long background in broadcasting, but he was the head anchor taking the in Cincinnati the third place newscast, the first place, and kept it there for the whole time he was there. Correct, Jerry? Yeah, I mean, I didn't do it by myself, but yeah, yes, but I was nah, there. You, you, you yeah. were kind of the leader of that whole. So here's the question to you. When you did the news, wasn't that long ago, yeah. there was, it was a thing called broadcast quality. And any interview that you had on your local podcast, and I saw the reverse of this traveling around with you as you did politics, that you would often be asked during political seasons, to be on cable shows ranging from MSNBC, CNN, Fox. And often I would pick you up and drive you to usually a studio. For example, in Cincinnati, it was CET, which is WCET, which is a PBS affiliate, had full studio and you would walk in there. They would light you, they would mic you, they had staff, you know, camera people and technicians and you would do a feed as it's called to somewhere, right? Yep. And it was always this standard of broadcast quality. Along comes COVID. And I was watching the news today, MSNBC, CNN, one of them. And the, and well, here's what COVID changed, Casey, not only allowing us to get musical people from all over the world, all over the country, but they can get on cable news shows and mm-hmm. they are doing the hell out of it, interviews that are phenomenal interviews. So, Jerry, would you say, as a TV person, the trade-off of so-called broadcast quality with the quality and the ease of getting pretty much anybody you want? Because if sure. they want you now, Jerry, it's not like you have to look at your schedule. If you're in town and in your home, you could yeah. go into your office and make a Zoom, receive a Zoom call. And you're yeah. on a, a, a new show. So yeah. how do you balance or value this clear, I think, uptick in the quality of interviews, talking heads, to the old days? Has it changed it in TV and well, TV news in the way I think it is? The major change has been that you can get these people because you don't have to worry about, as you said, you don't have to worry about the logistics anymore. Right. Um, you know, normally, you know, as you said, they'd have to be in your town, you know, at a certain time in the studio. And that really cut down, you know, maybe 3% of the people you wanted would be around that you could actually interview them. Uh, What about just like the news cycle changing with all that too? Like our news cycle is so much quicker now with all of this readily available. That's a good point. And that's the major change. That's the major change that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, uh, you watch the evening news from 6 to 6.30 or sometimes it was 6.30 to 7. But during that, you got a half hour network news. 
and you either watch Tom Brokaw or Dan Rather or Peter Jennings, uh, and before that, Walter Cronkite and whatever. So, So basically, almost everyone was getting the same news. Now, news is, as everyone knows, 24-7. And with all the cable channels and the opinionated cable channels, that you get information thrown at you, not necessarily accurate. That's the trade-off. We get a lot more thrown at us, a lot more available to us, and you add social media to that. But what we haven't been trained for which journalists, professional journalists are trained for, is to be able to dissect what is being told to you, whether there's any validity to it. There's now now people just spout things off. And we don't know if they have any knowledge about this. Still, the highest quality news, truthfully, comes from the networks in terms of television. Uh, because they still at least try, not always succeeding, but try to play middle of the road. And I guess CNN tries to play middle of the road. MSNBC clearly has a liberal bias, which I thoroughly enjoy. Fox has a right-wing bias. I won't say conservative. It's just clearly right-wing, far-right-wing bias. And that is the problem we're now dealing with. People are getting all this information. They're getting riled up. They get it 24-7. And because you can pick and choose where you get your information from, rather than what used to be, everyone got it from the same three networks and your same local paper, usually a morning paper and an afternoon newspaper. So we all were dealing with the same facts. We get different opinions, but the same facts. Now, we don't even get the same facts. There's a new reality. We make our own reality. And unabashedly, like when Trump was president from the White House, you know, what's her name said, you know, there are alternative facts. Well, they're not alternative facts. That's what the problem is today. And by the way, when you were pre-COVID, because COVID also uh change the economics somewhat. If you had to go over to, I use the example, CET, that's what they call it, but it's WCET in Cincinnati. I'll assume that if you were doing that for a show on, let's say, MSNBC, they had to pay them to access you. MSNBC paid CET to shoot your interview. I know they did. They had to. Yeah. So now they no longer have to pay anybody that because the trade-off is you you would want to be on their station as a source to promote your book writing or your sure. celebrity or your relevancy or sure. whatever. So it it just really has changed things and it's remarkable. Hey, by the way, and I didn't mention this, I'm almost I'm such a I, we joke around a lot about me, but I'm actually very humble. But I got promoted. <laughs> See, I don't even get that. I don't get why that. I don't get why that begets. That's good stuff. You to me, that's a statement of fact. But anyway, you could do again. Alternative fact. There it is. 
Anyway, I'm just going to ignore that because that. that is Go just ahead. insulting as hell. Yeah. But I went to a staff meeting and they freaking elevate. I, I am senior executive producer. Now they made me ranking senior executive producer. So I appreciate it. I'm humbled by it. And I'll do my best to live what up to does, it. Uh, what does, uh, well, uh, just help me out here. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> help me understand. <laughs> yeah. Help me understand what the ranking means. I've heard people refer to you as pretty rank. But, no, I, but what, what does a ranking exactly mean? No, ranking means among, God, why do I have to keep explaining this? Among the producers, I am the highest ranking. I am the boss, the executive <laughs> producer. I'm the top producer of the podcast. What well, would you say as a producer you do, Gene? Yeah, let's. <laughs> well, for one thing, good, good, good question. fair question. For one thing, I sent out a rundown, and then I just interjected on the spot another topic that no one had any advance notice of. That's what a ranking executive producer does, is to turn the boat on a dime. It's amazing. Yeah. I just, I mean, I, I, now I'm up above myself like astral projection and evaluating me, and I'm kind of, rem it's remarkable what I can do. Hey, here's a question. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It is remarkable, Gene. I will agree with that. Here's yeah. a question. <laughs> I had my people dig in, and, and David knows this because who we have are a, who are your people? I anyway, I had a whole my whole team. I assembled. <laughs> I assembled my whole team. How can this I be said, going on for eight years? And I never met one person of your team. <laughs> Huh? It's an elite squad. I'd be embarrassed. It's an elite what? squad. David, don't you help him. <laughs> Jerry, they're airborne. I mean, these people yeah. are like, oh my goodness. they're the ultimate. They're beyond seals. Let me they're interject. Sheree Russell yeah. says, how I've missed this in the four of you. I love listening to Jerry when he talks politics, says Michelle Reusing. Preach it, Jerry, says Sherry Russell. Yep. Says, I always enjoy awesome. Casey and the Wobs. Yeah, uh, like a modern day leave on hell. Oh, Harold Tucker says, "Poor man, poor man's leave on hell." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna write that one down. So yeah, all the all the favorites are watching. Excellent. Wait a second. Yes. Wait, a, just help me out here. We've been on for eight years, right? And this is the first time we ever got an email. Oh no, we get these all. The these time. I've been trying to tell Facebook you. Facebook live in. messages. By the thousands. Hey, uh, by the thousands. <laughs> well, actually, probably by the millions by now, but who's counting? I know. I, hey, look, that's hey, look. our best shot that nobody's counting. No, okay. I had a team look into by yeah. going back through the archives. I mean, it's eight years of listening to every episode and tabulate. <laughs> Oh. And they did the little Megan, you know, little stick memory. You go one, two, three, four, and one, cross. Yes, hash marks. Yes, yeah. yeah, all hash yeah. marks. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. Jesus. laughs> like you do when you're in jail, counting down the time. Yeah, yes, right. <laughs> the days till you get out. <laughs> Scratch them on the wall. Anyway, Megan, I had my team tabulate yeah. how many times the word Trump has been spoken on this podcast and I have the total and I just want to go around the room oh. and see what you, how many do you think, Jerry, how many times do you think the word Trump has been spoken uh, per week or monthly? No, or total, yearly? total, 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 total
Uh, I would say, uh, well, uh, it's about as many times as he's in the January 6th report. Well, okay, there you go. So, <laughs> roughly. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Roughly. That's a, good answer. That's yeah. a good one. That's, That's a good answer. We don't know what that number is yet. Yeah, we don't know again. Gonna find I would out. say I would say that, contrary to the emails, is in the thousands. Okay. Anybody <laughs> else making how many times you well, how many no, shows I, I, in all honesty, probably ten thousand at least. Ten thousand for Megan. Twenty sixteen. Well, figure fifteen. 52 shows a year, eight uh-huh. times 52 is about 416. So we got 416 times. Let's say I'm it's mentioned 30 times a show <laughs> because you guys say it too. I mean, I'll do it. In the <laughs> yeah, sorry, no, don't just point your question. <laughs> yeah, it's not just me. Yeah, mm. so if All it's right. if, Casey, how many do you think? Oh, that's a the, that's some pretty persuasive math there. That's I mean, good that's math. Gonna, that's, that's pushing me. Math. That's pushing me up into the sixteen thousand seven hundred and twenty range without going over. Without range. going over. <laughs> I love how you said range. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Give or take. No. <laughs> this is this, this is like this is like the Price is Right. I was say, what's the price? Yeah. How does it go? How does that work? One below the biggest number. And, yeah, you have to be without yeah. going over. Without going Plus, over. Right. Yeah. So, what do you think, Actually, David? Oh, gosh. It is a lot. I probably listen to this podcast more than anybody. I would say, <laughs> gosh, it, if it was 50 times a week times the last six years, 52 times, what is that? I don't even I don't know. know. I was in point It's 460. Oh, we could be here for a while with the math, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it doesn't go anywhere. Well, you All guys, right. while you guys were partying, <laughs> while you guys were partying, I was. Uh, okay, yeah, that's right. Uh, while the Catholics, while the Catholics were partying. Okay. Sharon Menashevitz. Streaking. I'm going to say one thing. Thousand one hundred and forty-seven. That's what How I'm. How many is guess. it, G? It, the number that we came up with was interestingly enough, one thousand one hundred and forty-seven. <laughs> is it that uncanny? That's uncanny. Yeah. And it really seems half. like it would be more than that. And though, one honestly. half. And one. Well, half. <laughs> let me change that. Let's you just got a shirt out. I don't one of know. Them. <laughs> 7,104. Yeah, I could just take make that one of seven. There you go. <laughs> okay. Anyway, hey, uh, before we bring Casey on, I got a, a quick question, Jerry, because we're into the sports season. You know, we got the Bengals, our oh, Bengals. Wasn't that great? Isn't that great? Yeah. I am so into it now. Me too. It's great. Yeah. I love Me it. Me too. It's we're exciting. all Bengals fans. Jerry, yep. you know, lives in. Florida and other places got what 14 houses all over the world, but he was mayor of Cincinnati. So he's a big Bengals fan and we're all Bengals fans. So yep. they are uh, what? Nine and four now. Nine they're, and four now. They're the leading like wild schedule. Possibility yes. for yeah. the, uh, less but, four and then they play the Ravens running. in the last game. So they might even end up tying with them because uh, head to head Ravens won the first game. Anyway, we've got that. We got the crosstown shootout, which is a Cincinnati thing, Xavier and UC and Xavier for the fourth straight time beat UC, blah, blah, blah. What is your greatest, Jerry? Because you're a sports guy and your grandson 
plays baseball. I keep predicting he's going to be a major league player. I do think that is going to happen. He's only in like, you know, seventh grade or something. And he's now playing basketball. What is your greatest sports memory? And could it be when you got tossed out of the gym? Well, or that that was as a kid. Well, what's your greatest as a kid sports memory ever? Oh man, my greatest sports memory as a kid. Oh, and, and you put this in the uh in your rundown. In, in the rundown, yeah, which talking. no one pays any attention to. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, why didn't I it's, come up it's with It's a something? basic suggestion, is the way I look yeah. at that rundown. <laughs> exactly. That's how I see it too, buddy. Well, the sports memory was when I was a uh the PA announcer in junior high school in the gym for Russell Sage Junior High School basketball. And uh-huh. uh, I was so excited about getting to do that, that on the PA system, instead of just doing substitutions, which is all the PA announcer does, he announces the lineup and then does substitutions. Um, but uh, I wanted to be a play-by-play announcer. So I started doing the play-by-play. <laughs> And, so and how old were you? I was 12. Oh my That's God. awesome. Hello, <laughs> oh, everybody. Gerald Springer, Russell Sage Junior High School basketball. Immerman <laughs> with the wall over to leave him and he tickles the twine. And there's a whistle. And there's a whistle. And Mr. Sirota, who was the referee, walks over to the table where I'm sitting and says, Gerald, just stop it. <laughs> well, the gymnasium is packed, and the gymnasium is packed, you know, with all the, the kids from the school. And of course, they think it's first of all, they're screaming when I'm announcing because it was like a Greyhound bus station, the PA system. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm doing play by play. <laughs> and it's oh stop it! So he just blew a whistle when I said oh there's a whistle, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> he's walking over to the table, <laughs> and I've been ejected from the game. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. So every the, the kids were whistling and hooting, giving me the bronze cheer, and then the game continued, and I had been you know reprimanded, so I kind of behaved for a while. But then slowly, I just couldn't help it, you know. And, um, so <laughs> here, comes Russell, here comes Russell Sage down by seven. <laughs> we got, you know, I'm going on, on, on and there's another whistle. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he walks over to the table and he says, Gerald, you're out of here. <laughs> and the security guard, this is in junior high school, escorted me out of the gym. Shut and the gym is going crazy. <laughs> and 25 years later at a, um, actually a high school reunion, some of the kids at the high school, the only thing they remembered of me, weren't you once kicked out of the school? Or kicked out of a, a basketball <laughs> game? So that was, well, that, that, that probably hysterical. was my... And you know, when you hear that hilarious story and you and and Megan and Casey and David and you you see the Jerry Springer that we know now and have known for years going through all of his evolutions, whether it's politics or media or goofing around comedy, uh, the radio show Springer on the radio, Megan, you and I did with Jerry. 
Yeah. It kind of does make sense, doesn't it? It's not oh, like, yeah. oh, that doesn't sound like Jerry. No, that's 100%. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds that's what I liked like, about the yeah. radio show. It's like, Jerry, have you done it? Yeah. No, no, we're just going to yeah. do it three hours live yeah. every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But gonna- what I didn't understand, when, now that I think about it, when the security guard was walking me out of the gym, he was holding my arm. Like, I didn't start a fight. I didn't have a gun. I, I announced. And he didn't even, if he was going to walk me out, why did well, he have to hold me? Oh, my God. Hey, you, you know when they. Dangerous Jerry, announcer. When they fire you in radio, they always fire you before your shift, and they don't let you in the building. Or they'll lock the studio door because, and this is what this guy was probably, they were probably all afraid. They don't, they don't allow you to go in and do your last show because you'll get in there and trash management, the company, (laughs) America. And you, he probably thought you might run back and grab that mic with two hands and they'd have to shoot you with a stun gun or something to get you out of there. First Amendment issue, First Amendment. Were your parents there, Jerry? By any no. chance, were your parents? Oh my God, no. I mean, your mother would have but, died. Oh, well, she heard about it. Yeah, I'm sure she did. <laughs> yeah. I, I was sent to my room. <laughs> I, I was sent to my room so often. Amazing. Well, Amazing. you know, you could read. Carol, we're disappointed. <laughs> Did he not tell you not to do that? Yes, yes he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> well, I don't think any of us can top that story. So uh, let's talk. No. About <laughs> All right. Casey Campbell back with us again. Uh, hey, my man. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing well. Is, How are y'all? Good. Good, good, good. It is great to see you again. So we have this. So this song, I think we've heard the song before. Is that correct? Oh, Ramona? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yep. This is a. a, a, a a live video from just a few months ago. We played a, a festival out in West Virginia called Healing Appalachia. It's oh, a part that's of, cool. Uh, it's part of an organize, organization called Hope in the Hills. They do a lot of work with addiction recovery and um, uh, knowledge of around addiction and, and recovery and how to help those in your life that may be struggling. And so it was a really wonderful thing that we got to do um back in september and uh, we have a video from from that performance and it turned out real good and the crowd's nice and into it and i'm i'm feeling the spirit so i thought it would be fun to share tonight so oh great yeah one oh we're gonna lay it back here for healing appalachia i feel it y'all one two ready go ahead uh She took all my bacon and she took all my soul and she took all my dishes, took all my pans I gotta get my cooking from another's hand I said, oh, Ramona, oh, baby, won't you come back home I said, I miss your sweet cooking And I'm tired of eating alone I said, oh, Ramona, oh, darling, don't you leave me so blue I said, I miss your sweet cooking Ain't nobody had as good as you Sweetest honey that I ever did see And I love your ham 
biscuits too Lord, I try to eat another, but another won't do I said, oh, Ramona, oh, baby, won't you come back home? I said, I miss your sweet cooking And I'm tired of eating alone I said, oh, Ramona, oh, darling, don't you leave me so blue I said, I miss your sweet cooking Ain't nobody ever as good as you Now, sugar child, now, I got to They do a lot of really good work. They did actually a uh, the largest uh, ever known uh, assembly of people learning how to use naloxone or the Narcan, the the re revival drug for overdoses. For they opioids. did. They led a they led a seminar with everyone at the at the uh, concert that night, and it was about eight thousand or so people oh all God. learned how to wow. use Narcan and uh, received what they needed to 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 help in the event of an overdose. So it some pretty some pretty powerful stuff goes on out there. So. Oh, man. that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. What have you been doing since last we saw you, other than this fantastic, you know, redoing some mm. stuff? Anything oh. else exciting going on? Well, yeah, we we've uh, just been hitting the road a lot as uh, the Price Will Hustle uh, had a lot of a lot of shows. Uh, we're getting ready to finally release our new album uh, in the Excellent. start of 2023. It's been a long time coming. Just you know, got to wrap that up in the studio and stuff. So, but uh, dates are starting to be set for that. So we're really excited for for the new year. But it's been uh, just a lot of uh, being on the road. Um, you know. Uh, Boy, yeah, 22 was quite a quite an exciting year. Uh, I got to do the uh, newest of Tyler Childers videos. And so uh, I saw I that. More, That's so cool. Yeah, I got some more video work underneath me back in yeah. August and September. And so that was super cool. And, um, you know, the holidays with family. And here we are rolling into the finals of the holiday season in 22 and just enjoying some quiet time at home and uh, nice. petting my dogs and raking leaves. So. There you go. Yeah. Well, as always, Casey, tell us where we can find your music, um, both per personally and then with Buffalo Ops, because we love all of it. 
Oh, thank you. You can find uh, my solo music at uh, Casey Campbell, anywhere you get your music online, or Casey-Campbell.com is the website. And Buffalo Wives and the Price Hill Hustle is the same way. Just look up Price Hill Hustle anywhere you find your music. Uh, we've got several albums out, as well as PriceHillHustle.com for any shows and merch and other information like that. Awesome. Well, awesome. Yeah. Your Go voice, ahead, Jared, sir. yeah. Your your voice is amazing. It it really is. And, oh, but but you. for people that get to watch this on Facebook, they were treated to you wearing this jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah yeah that that's uh, a, that's, a, that's like a sort of a I guess like a fake uh, well, not fake but it's like a textured uh, shark skin kind of suit there that yeah. I've got a solid black. So yeah, it's a. Uh, when I'm feeling fancy, you know, You're every, every so often, yeah, yeah. <laughs> every so often you gotta dress up a little bit. I like that Appalachian scatting, you know, in jazz there's a scatting. Yeah, and you were doing sort of an Appalachian version. No, that was yeah. exceptional. Cool. That was exceptional. Well, yep. thank you so much. Yep. Well, while you're checking out more of Casey's fantastic music and Buffalo Wobs and Price Hill Hustle, make sure you're swinging by our website as well. Give Gene and Jerry some love. Say hi to myself and Casey. Give us suggestions and give us your feedback. You can find us at jerryspringer.com and, of course, our Facebook page. Uh, this evening, we're going to go out with Casey and Jerry, a little bit of Down by the Riverside. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yeah. Well, I'm going to lay down my heavy load. Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. I'm going to lay down my sword and shield down by the riverside.